When this mom came into a preborn center to schedule an abortion, she had no idea that the life inside her was not just one, but two. But when I see the ultrasound and everything, for me, they changed my whole life. Here in the heartbeat, I want to keep the baby, especially when they told me that there were two, not only one. And now, her twins are eight. I want to be a doctor when I grow up. When I grow up, I want to work at a zoo and be a veterinarian. When an expectant mother sees her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she is 80% more likely to choose life for her baby. Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country. Your donation of $28 sponsors one ultrasound, and for $140, you can help rescue five babies' lives. To donate, dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Searching for the loan that's right for your life or your business? The Bank of Clark County offers personal auto financing, personal loans and business lines of credit, mortgages and business real estate loans, home equity loans, personal and business construction loans, and more. Whether you're looking to upgrade your life or your business, the Bank of Clark County has the loan that fits. Visit your local Bank of Clark County branch or go to bankofclark.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Brought to you by the Say It Again Network, Rondo Griffin, Anthony Gulick, your host as always. And Anthony, we come back to the show after a long hiatus, but it's on a great day to have news. Let's just first things first, start off with the opening subject. That is Lucas Oil Stadium. The Indianapolis Colts are officially the last team on the board to approve 100% capacity, meaning that the NFL has got a full 32 teams slated to have all fans in stadiums when the season opens on a week one. So, Anthony, how exciting is that news? Obviously, for one, biasly as Colts fans, but then two, just a league as a whole that whole stadiums are coming back league wide around the board. No issues. Yeah, obviously, it's great news. Uh, obviously, as Colts fans, it's a, it's great news for us. You know, Lucas Oil is going to be rocking, and I just I just love how how quickly the league. Um, you know, has has transitioned to having every stadium uh, at 100% capacity, and I'm I'm really excited to uh, see how the season's going to go with the fans there because it's going to be a totally different atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, that you know, home field advantage is quite the thing, and not just in football, but that goes around for any sport. Having that that 12th man influence just changes a lot of things, surely for the players. Last season had to be on the weird side because I, I'd venture for most of them, you know, they probably weren't used to playing in empty stands, if you will, until maybe their middle school days, if even at that. So it, it definitely changes the things for all people around the board. Obviously, when it comes to sports, it's that one event that kind of unifies us all. Obviously, having that home crowd interacting with people that you probably never met before, all in 
the faction of rooting for your same team. It's just, it's an awesome environment in sports in general, but obviously we're specifically talking about that football environment and how the crowd gets hyped over plays and getting loud when it's third down, whatever, maybe football. It's just, it's a great sight to see. And as you love to see it, it feels the world's coming back to normal, especially on sports. Yeah. You know, it's, it's great to see. And, and, and like, like you said, it's just a, it's just a great feel, you know, just meet people that you've never met before. And, and engaging with fans and um, and, and just for sports in general, like, like you said, it's just a, it's just a totally different feel with with fans in the stands. You know, uh, a lot of our games last year, you know, had had no fans in the stands. It's just it's just weird. Like I remember our players mic'd up. Um, they were talking about how weird it was and it, and just getting back to normal. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a great um, it's gonna be a great time for both both the players and the fans. Uh, as a whole, you know, the players are used to feeding off, uh, uh, are used to feeding off that energy that the, that the fans um, bring, and even even like on the road, like yeah, the the intensity is really like amped up um, when when you're playing on the road. So I'm just uh, a huge fan of uh, you know bringing bringing the fans back into the stands. Right, you know, because uh, we we both touched on it, and it, it's it's important in all factors. It's obviously important for the fans. It's important for the league in general. You know, that's more revenue, and obviously it's important for the players. You know, but while well, yes, they do this as a job, they do this to win rings as well as make money. You know, obviously they as well enjoy that fan interaction. It's definitely obviously a weird sight for them. You know not be able to sign autographs, interact with people and whatnot. Surely it might even mess up some pregame traditions, if you will. So it, it it's a good look for the league. It's obviously a wise decision on all fronts. Yes, money leads the conversation, but even then on top of that, it's about building your brand. I mean, you're talking about ratings and viewings. You, you've got to rebuild that and try to come back to normal. But even then, so let's talk about that. Obviously, with the, stand, with the fans coming back to normal, meaning that the offseason program comes back to normal, Teams have just had their OTAs, training camps, also prepared to have 100% capacity. The Colts have announced their training camp schedule. So, Anthony, I'll jump to you now. With this team, we understand that we, we've talked night and day about how Carson Wentz coming to the team, brand new addition, most important position. What, what is the goal now for the team going into training camp? We, we've seen them build camaraderie over the OTAs and what we've seen all over Twitter and the Colts' official website releasing videos to showing the, the guys getting along. But but now it gets serious. So with the Colts and with the Wentz, I guess not so much of a pipe dream, but I would say coming into this training camp, coming into the regular season, what would you call a disappointment for this team? And then what would you call an overachievement? Um, you know, coming into training camp, I just want the guys to work hard. And uh, a, a pipe dream for me is to start off, you know, with a, a record above 500. Um, you know, we talked about it in, in other episodes. Um, our first uh, five-game st- stretch is so brutal. And um, I wouldn't even, like, say if we start out, like, under 500, I'm not even going to call that a disappointment. Even though there's high expectations for this team, the quality of opponents that we face is, I think it's, I think it's the, the probably the toughest in the NFL. I think our first five or six games are against all teams that that had 10 wins last year. Well, yeah, um, at least 10 wins last year. So, so a pipe dream for me is to start off over 500 and and, and to get some weak, uh, so some uh, uh, big wins in, in the early weeks. Uh, obviously included in that, 
um, our big hump that we haven't been able to get over is we haven't won a home game since 2013 uh, uh, week one. So so I really just want to, you know, get a week one win. Obviously, we're going to be there. Um, it'll be my first game, like my first ever Colts game. So I want to see a big win week one. So I just want the guys to wear a uh, Really work hard in training camp right now. A lot of teams are working, but you know about uh, the uh, the Colts right now. Everybody's you know scattered across the country. Everybody is uh, taking some time off, spending time with their families, and st- uh, but, but but they are staying in shape. But um, it's going to be a really hard uh, training camp for these guys. You know the coaches are really going to be working them. Hundred uh, percent capacity is going to be great. And I really just want to see us uh, get off to a good start. Yeah, you know, I I definitely agree with that. Obviously, you know, the goal is to work hard. You you know, they're coming in with that with that plan goal. We we've seen what Ballard and Reich have done to change the culture and just the the really the mindset of this locker room. I I, I agree with you on that. Great, those first five games is a, a very tough stretch. I agree with you. Probably the toughest stretch in the NFL in terms of the other teams. It, it's going to be important to come in strong. But I think I'm going to amend that a little bit, and I'm going to actually kick it to a different sport. As we saw this past season in the sport of college basketball, University of Gonzaga went on this incredible unbeaten streak, ultimately losing the championship game. And it's definitely something I've talked about off the air a lot. And it's while it is very important to come into a hot streak and win games, win games early, I think you have to be careful about peaking too early. And I said this back during the college season when Gonzaga was going on the run. I, I remember talking to my coworkers. I was just like, they need to lose a game before the tournament. Otherwise, it's not going to end well. You know, they're going to burn out. And ultimately, they end up losing to Baylor in the championship. While it is a different sport, I think it still applies because football does kind of use that same one-and-done rule when it comes to the playoffs. So the importance of this team is going to be, yes, they need to go on a run and they need to go on a streak and they need to peak. But it's about peaking at the right time. And I feel that it. I feel that ironic as it sounds. If this team starts off too strong too early, they might fizz out. And even then, and let's use the NFL. We saw that last week with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it, it's it's important. About, it's important to win games, definitely. But I would say it's choosing your wins when you do it and when you go on that run. Yeah, I agree. You know, going back to your your college basketball reference, uh, that that example is a great example. And I remember uh, hearing people talk about comparing the two teams in the championship game, Gonzaga and Baylor, and Baylor, you know, Baylor lost a game to uh, Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham, and they got humbled. Um, you know, Baylor was a big favorite, and, and they, like, really looked at themselves and said, like, this is what we need to do better, and and that's basically didn't happen to Gonzaga last year, and like you said with the Pittsburgh Steelers, like, they weren't thinking that they were going to be undefeated, like, before the season started, and then they, then they ended up losing that their first game to watch the football team, and then that 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 really humbled them. So uh, obviously it's it's good to peak, but we don't want to peak too early. And I just the way our schedule is laid out, I don't think we're gonna be like on a crazy winning streak. But um, I I expect a strong finish, but not like a crazy like uh, winning streak at first. So uh, I'm just a big fan of how we're going to attack things. Uh, obviously, it wasn't even like that last year either. You know, all of our win streaks came in spurts. We didn't really have a long streak, just like all these teams. The Colts weren't really a flashy team that wasn't covered all over the national media. So um, I, th- I think that we'll, uh, along with our coaching staff and how things are run, I think that we'll be okay.
Right, and you know, and it's something you mentioned about. Obviously, not, we're, we haven't necessarily in the past been a flashy team, you know. And it's about Curtis. It's about peeking at the right parts. Yeah, I appeared recently on Colts Law for really a couple of his shows. Honestly, great, great friend of the show, great friend outside of outside in regular life. And the the comment that I made about this Colts team, and it's well, yes, obviously we want the Colts to win every game. You have to, you have to at sometimes you have to separate that fanatic part and the analytical part. And Anthony, I'll just kind of ask you in like a, in a rhetorical question: It's when is this last time in recent history that this Colts team has just like beaten the brakes off a team that they had no business doing? And the reason why I ask that is because obviously we have goals of Super Bowl aspirations, but you got to look at the, the Super Bowl teams of the past and even our Colts teams of the past. Those teams who end up winning the whole thing showed you loudly during the regular season or maybe even during the playoffs why they should be serious Super Bowl contenders. And for this Colts team, while we have had some success, you know, we've made the playoffs, we haven't won any playoff games. Not in recent history anyway. You know, and obviously the turmoil of the quarterback position. But this team still has a lot to essentially prove to the world and itself that if we're going to be Super Bowl contenders, we need to show that on the scoreboard. You know, and so again, I'll kick it to you now in the series. It's like, just think about it. It's like, when is the last time that this Colts team has really beaten the brakes off someone that they have no business? You know, I don't mean like the Jets or anything. I mean like these other contenders, you know, because we see, you know, we see the Chiefs light people up. We see Tampa Bay light teams up. But when have we seen that for the Colts? That That's a step that needs to be taken forward if we're going to be serious about being Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I think uh, the game that immediately first comes to mind was when we got off the, to that terrible start in 2018-19 uh, with Andrew Luck, and then uh, we had the Cowboys at home who were a big contender that year. We did beat the brakes off the Cowboys. I forgot what the score was, but I think we beat them by like 20 or 21 points at home. I remember like Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, none of those dudes really like did anything against the Colts that day. But I think that was a game where you really like saw it and you thought like, wow, like rec- like. All, all records aside, like, Andrew Luck can take this team to the playoffs. Like, this is a playoff team. And last year, although we did make the playoffs, we were 11-5. and five. All, all that was great. But we didn't really play a consistent game all year where we just, like, beat the brakes off, every, like, off of, like, a serious team. Aside from maybe, like, the Tennessee game last year. So, like, that, that's really, like, something that I'm looking forward to seeing if we can, like, really, like, play complete games and, and like, prove that we're a playoff team. Because, really, we haven't seen that since, like, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning era. Right, you know, and, and it's an important step, you know, you when you're talking about Super Bowl, make championship run. Because I, I feel like we've answered, or maybe not answered, but we've come with solutions of other questions. As it's in the NFL, you need a guy who can throw the ball. You need a guy who can get to the ball. Those are kind of the easy steps to win a championship. Now, we have signed Wentz. He's obviously still got to prove to us that he's going to be the guy to take us to the promised land. You know, and same thing on the other side of the ball. Yes, you've got Stewart. Yes, you got Buckner. You drafted Quiddy Pay. He's going to, as a rookie, he's going to have to show that, okay, you're going to be the final piece of this defense. Because with Matt Evers in playing the cover two, that only works if you have a successful pass rush. So obviously, while you're not necessarily putting pressure on the rookie because you do have Buck and Stewart up the middle, you do have Leonard behind him in his back seven, 
Ultimately, though, it is going to kind of fall on the rookie because he's coming in as edge. He's being heralded as a great pass rusher. It's going to be up to him to make the cover two defense come full circle and actually be successful. But so so with that, you know, again, it just all applies. This team, I would say on paper, is checking all the right marks. It, it now comes to putting all that paper and all those footnotes on the field and making it actually happen in real life. Yeah, like you said, there's going to be uh, pressure on Quiddy Pay either way. Like, uh, since he's the first round pick, people are going to expect a lot from him, but he's basically the the last piece to this defense. Like, basically, all of our free agents and pieces were, we are running it back. So, uh, I really like where this defense is headed. And, you know, like you said, like, this defense could be great on paper, but you have to you have to like make it happen um, when it when it's game time. And uh, you know, over the past few years, this defense has improved every year, and I'm really excited to see where we're gonna go. But the defense is gonna be. I feel like the defense is gonna be the the bright spot on this on this team. And the defense, if they're gonna be creating turnovers, they're gonna be creating energy for the offense. And we see last year, um, everybody is so supportive on the sidelines. Like, um, you'd see the offense go crazy, and Darius Leonard would be, you know, going going nuts on the sidelines. Like, the, the offensive guys would be real happy for the uh, guys uh, creating turnovers on defense. So I just feel like the more cohesion that this team uh, creates, like, the more cohesive that this team is, the, like – with with a with a ton of chemistry, this team can go places. Cause obviously we've seen bad locker rooms and stuff like that, like the Pittsburgh Steelers in years past with Bell and Brown. So like you you can have the talent, you can have the big name guys, but if you don't have that cohesiveness, you're not gonna go anywhere. So I feel like with with more chemistry that this team creates with Carson Wentz and everything, the defense is just gonna be giving the offense energy, and we're just gonna be a really great team. If if everything like if all the all the uh, puzzle pieces just fall into place, definitely agree a hundred percent. And if anything, that has just been the mantra of Frank Wright and Chris Ballard. You know, we've even talked about it of that how much they stress the importance of high character guys cohesion in the locker room, and we've seen that over the course of four years. You know, and again, appearing on other shows, appearing on Colts Law, as I mentioned. We're going into year four of the Ballard-Reich era with starting quarterback number four. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't think of many teams in past, if this even happened, of a, a team, a contender team at that, who has had a revolving door at quarterback four years consistently and yet shown no problems in terms of locker room success. So definitely credit and kudos to what these guys have done in the front office to put us in a position where we are now to where even with the revolving door at one of the most important positions in the sport, and yet you don't miss a step. But with that, talking about new additions and free agents, and in, in this case we're about to go to trades – while my, my my opinion is a bit on the air, but we haven't gotten your opinion to Anthony. So the Titans end up being the ones to win the Julio Jones sweepstakes. Ultimately end up getting him for a 
second this year and a third next year. So, Anthony, if you can remember back, try to give me what were your first thoughts when you saw the news, whether it was on TV or on your cell phone, that the Titans were the ones to pick up number 11 Julio Jones? Well, obviously, first thoughts. Uh, I wasn't happy because it's, it's Tennessee. And a lot of people know uh, on this show, you know, I've, I've been on other cold shows. I absolutely, like, just hate the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, out of all the teams, like, in this division, I just hate the Titans because I think their fans, like, just ruin it for them. Like, their fans are absolutely, like, delusional. Like, I remember, like, having arguments with people on Twitter all the all the time last year. They told me uh, Clowney was better than Buckner. And, like, it was a bunch of, like, BS. Like, I'm just sick of these dudes that, like – that that love the Tennessee Titans because a lot a lot of a lot of these guys like talk out of their ass they don't like actually like, give you any like factual knowledge so I just I just hate the Tennessee Titans so obviously I wasn't I was I was pissed when 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 Julio got traded got uh, traded there but obviously if you look at what they lost in the off season I still don't think the Titans are a better team than us. Um, uh, like w- w- one of my first initial thoughts was Julio Jones is great, but the man he doesn't play defense, and you know that 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 defense is terrible. You know you can have the 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 best offense in the world, but that won't win you a Super Bowl alone. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs, like they had that high powered offense, but their defense is just atrocious. And say if 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 Kansas City in the past few years had a defense like the Colts, if they had like a top ten defense with like with like good cornerback play and stuff like that, like they'd be Super Bowl champions. Like they like for example, they wouldn't have um, lost to Tom Brady a couple of years ago in his last year uh, in his last year in New England if they had a good defense that year, but they just keep kept giving up points. So high powered offense, you know, Titans, it's great. I still don't think they're a better team than us, but um obviously I'm not happy that a player of that caliber uh goes to your rivals in the south. Yeah, I definitely share that sentiment when you're talking about a you know a town like Julio Jones switching teams, you know, because as for me I, I share that opinion. As a Colts fan, Julio Jones is the only re- player's jersey I have who's not on the Colts. You know, one of my favorite players in the league, top talent, arguably the best receiver in the game. I, I will argue anyone with that tooth and nail. You know, see, seeing him go to your rival just hurts. You know, as as I mentioned on the air on previous shows, it wasn't so much the fact that we didn't get him because I kind of I understood that that was a pipe dream that he was actually going to come to the Colts, but it was more so that he went to your division rival. So you know, when I saw the deal, and I was just like, okay, I understand not wanting to get those picks because we do have picks tied up to the Wentz deal, but I feel like the rules have got to change when. It taught, it comes to preventing him from going to your division rival. You know, because while I agree with you, yeah, Julio Jones doesn't play defense, he so he doesn't fix any holes over there. That's still a big, pretty, a pretty big monster piece that you have to kneel, now deal with two times a year. You know, as I mentioned before, now the big elephant in the room is that Derrick Henry's going to run crazier than he has been before because that man's not facing any more eight-man boxes with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the outside. You know, and again, we, we're Colts fans. We understand that we're a Colts podcast. We we can slander Ryan Tannehill all we want. But he, statistically, he is not a bad quarterback. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a world beater either. But 
he's an above average quarterback and you just gave him another top tier weapon and he he's gonna produce now obviously they've got questions on the defense and that's ultimately going to be their achilles heel when it comes to their success so you shouldn't be too worried when it comes to playing against them but them getting julio jones is definitely another headache we're gonna have to deal with seeing two times a year up close and personal yeah i agree but um one one detail I also forgot to mention was that um, their offensive coordinator also left to be the head coach of the Falcons, and he was the one that was calling plays. So I feel like you you give Tannehill another weapon, but we're going to see how he does with like a brand new offense and like uh, play caller because Arthur Smith was like a master of like maximizing Tannehill's talents with like. Derrick Henry. So, like, obviously, the the big narrative in the past was Tannehill wouldn't be anything without Derrick Henry because they they would be running a bunch of uh, play action and scheme plays uh, where where Ryan Tannehill would just show off his talents. But that guy that's calling the plays is no longer there. So, it's, I'm just curious to see how everything's gonna pan out um, without his offensive coordinator. But but um. On the other side, Julio Jones is aging. He is a big-time uh, target, but uh, last year he was hurt. He's never had injury history in the past, but he was hurt for a little bit last year. And, you know, as as, as time goes on, these guys are getting older. They, he may or may not play less games. Like, we don't know how that's going to pan out. But um, we can't slander Ryan Tannehill too much, like you said, because he's been a pretty good quarterback. But I still don't think he's, like, a, a world beater, like you said, and uh, – I'm just, I'm just a bigger fan of Wentz because he's a higher ceiling, and I think that the Colts are still a better team. Yeah, definitely. So now with that, let's keep it on the receipt on the receiver news. So we don't get Julio, obviously, but there's so there's reports out there and from Golden Tate's mouth specifically that he eyes the Colts as a team that he would like to go to, and well, I'll get to your opinion first. So so Golden Tate, let, let's. Hypothetically, you're Chris Ballard. One, do you want to add him to his receiver room? And then, you know, let, let's say you do add him to the receiver room. Or uh, let's phrase it this way. So Golden State being on the market, is that a player you think the Colts need to add to this receiver room? Um, Honestly, my first thoughts, I'm thinking – um, do they really need him? No. Would it be nice to get him, like, say, on a vet minimum deal? Absolutely. Um, having, having, uh, like, a combination of great receivers is just, it's, it's, it's better to have, because we've seen in years past, like, the, the, um, the year where Luck retired, guys were getting hurt, T.Y. was getting hurt, Paris Campbell was hurt, and we'd have guys like Marcus Johnson starting, um, in, in games for the Colts, a wide receiver. So, you know, a lot of these guys in the receiving core, they, they have had injury history. So it, it would be my preference to have, um, you know, a number of good receivers there on our roster. Obviously, he is aging just like everybody else, but he he has um, he has played with Wentz in the past. And I think that uh, having Golden Tate on, only on like a vet minimum deal, that's, that's not a bad, um, not a bad signing for me. Yeah, as for myself, it's a little weird. When I first saw the news of that Golden is interested in the Colts, my immediate reaction was just like, "Nope, don't need him." But uh, you know, you kind of you look into it a little bit, 
Well, there is some cons. Like, yeah, yes, he's on the aging side. I, I, I believe when the season starts, I believe he'll be 31, 32. So it puts him right up there at T.Y. Hilton's age. But, you, you know, you look at his numbers, n- not so much the statistics side, because he, he really, his career, is, his career trajectory has been kind of weird. Starting off with the Seahawks, he was kind of like a third receiver at that. He, he really didn't kind of blow till he got to the Lions. But he consistently plays games. The, the the least number of games he's played is only eleven in his career. He's he's ended up playing all the sixteen games as well. He he's a nice receiver. He's a yak master. I le- I could agree with you. I agree where it's like yeah sure if you want to bring him on a, on a rookie minimum deal, on a veteran minimum deal sure. But I don't think you necessarily need to put him in that receiver room. Uh, Ballard is clearly going for this youth movement type of thing. You've got T.Y. Hilton, the vet, and then after that, you know, I think Zach Pascal might be the next veteran receiver in that room. So you're clearly going with this youth movement. Now, I will say, and obviously knock on wood, should we get any injuries, by all means, bring him in. Because you, know, you mentioned the Marcus Johnson. I, I was a big fan of Marcus Johnson. Granted, he was a you know fourth, fifth string receiver, but... He did a lot of things for us that we were missing. We we needed that guy to take the tops off the defense, and Mark Johnson was able to do that with his amazing speed. Now, while Golden Tate may not necessarily be a burner anymore, he is a veteran receiver, a very good route runner. He does have a small history with Wentz. He could be a good addition to this locker room, but I will say that I wouldn't foresee it unless it's as an injury replacement. Yeah, like you said, um, I couldn't. I can't really see it happening. Um, on only because of the money and everything, but he's he's had a uh, time with Wentz before, and I could see him as an injury replacement. Um, he seems like a guy that I don't think we could sign anytime soon, so he'll be he'll be there on the free agency market. But I totally wouldn't mind him. Like you said, he's he's had the chemistry with Wentz, and he's and he's played big games and playoff games before, so I wouldn't mind it. Right, you know, again, like you look at his numbers, like he he was a he's a very good receiver. You know, he he's not going to dominate you and lead league and catch the yards like that. I'd say he's a good, consistent guy to have. Again, his peak years are obviously behind him. It'd be a nice veteran. But even then, also, as I was also thinking about it, it's like, okay, you bring him in, he's not starting. It means he's got to be lower on the depth chart. Those lower depth chart guys are special teamers. And Golden Tate's not a special teamer anymore. Not in the like, not in not in the slightest at his age. So it, it, it I, w- I agree with you there. It, it's going to have to come down to injury if you end up suiting for, for the Colts. Because I think if you bring, I think if you bring him in now, I don't think he wins a spot due to, again, as I just said before, those lower guys in your depth chart are the guys who end up playing special teams. And it's not going to be him. Yeah. Like, like you said, uh, a lot of these guys um, that are f- fighting for these, these uh, fifth, sixth roster spots down here, I don't, they're they're mainly special teamers, but Golden Tate's not a special teamer at all. And, and like I've said in the past, he's playing big games. I remember, I, th- I think it was I think it was Tate. Yeah, it was, it was Golden Tate. He made the game winning catch. Um, I think it was against the Bears. Yeah, it was against the Bears in that in that playoff game when uh, Wentz was hurt when they had Nick Foles in there playing in that playoff game. Um, so so Tate had a lot of experience. And once again. He's not a guy that I would, you know, stick my neck out for. But if the opportunity presented itself, I definitely would take a chance. Just want to pause here and give a shout out to our official p- 
sponsors and partners of the Say It Again Network, and that is Manscaped. If you have not already, please be sure to use promo code Say It Again at Manscaped.com to save 20% on any of all of your orders on Manscaped.com, as well as free shipping. This includes their new product, the Lawmower 4.0, which has just been an amazing product that the company has obviously sent me. They sent both myself and Anthony products in the mail. It, it's been amazing in terms of grooming all of your very important jewels, gentlemen. I, I I kid you not when I say that the product is actually amazing and it does what it it does what it's supposed to do better than advertise. By all means, get your hands on that. Check out all the other products. They've got plenty of things on their website, manscaped.com. And again, if you use promo code Say It Again, S A Y I T A G A I N. All caps, no spaces, saves you 20% on any and all your orders along with free shipping. Once again, that's Manscaped.com. A big shout out to our partners at the Say It Again Network. Be sure to check out their website again for all products and all they've got to offer. <laughs> so with that, jumping off the Golden Tate news, but going back to NFL, not as much but re-signing news. So the Saints have... Re- Agreed to a deal with their star right tackle Ryan Ramzig. Five years, ninety million, including sixty million guaranteed. So now, Anthony, this kind of comes importance now for the Colts because Braden Smith is due for an extension next year. So with, with the number that the Saints have given out to Ramzig, while Braden Smith may not necessarily be at his level, he is at least in the conversation when you're talking about best right tackles in the league. So with, with the deal, five years, $90 million. If you want, what would your range of thinking of what Braden Smith is going to, be, going to get? And do you think it's going to help or hurt the Colts that the Saints agreed with their tackle before we did, before the Colts did with Braden Smith? Uh, You know, I think it definitely... Um, it helps Braden Smith in his part, um, only because a lot of these tackles are really getting paid, and and I think I think Smith he'll be in the the fourteen fifteen a million uh, million per year range, um, but right now I think Smith um, I think an extension is going to be coming, but not anytime soon. Um, only reason I say that is because uh, right now they're working on an extension for Nelson. Um, and and Smith, like you said, he's in that conversation, but he's in no rush to get an extension done. But but when when the time comes, I think this definitely um, helps uh, Smith's case um, that that Ramchak got that big big deal done. Um, on on the Colts side, obviously they want to um, do what's best for the team and and. Um, in, in terms of cap space and everything, but the Colts do have a lot of cap space. That's why we didn't go crazy in free agency. So uh, I think that uh, Smith is going to get a uh, uh, a pretty a pretty big deal. Uh, when it's going to happen, I don't know, but I think he'll get um, uh, like I, I want to say like maybe a three, four, five year deal, j- just like this one, in in the future. Yeah, I, I agree with you definitely on that. I would say that. Well, it, it might work against the Colts that they didn't agree with Smith first. I understand why they wouldn't. Obviously, as you mentioned, you know, L- Leonard and Nelson are going to get their money first no matter what. The, all the guys 
are lower in the pecking order, but they understand they're still important. I agree with you. So Ramchek, with his new deal, Ramchek is now getting roughly 18 per. I think that 15 number is about right for Brady Smith. That's about what he'll get. I would say it might help the Colton negotiations because I would assume that Braden Smith's team of agents would use the Ramchek contract as a ceiling. But again, as as we've seen in the short history, I don't think the Colts have ever, uh, ha- ever had an issue when it comes to negotiating. Something Ballard has been big on is keeping your own and paying your own. So I don't think we're in any worries of a deal getting done. But as we both mentioned, you know, N- Nelson and Leonard are going to be priority 1A and 1B. After that, the Hines and the Braden Smiths of the world are going to get their money. But, and finally, as you also mentioned, going into the next season, we're sitting at about $83 million in cap space. So there should be no worry amongst Colts fans of if we're going to let someone go. They're all going to come back. It's been bad. Along with the mantra of locker room chemistry and high character guys, a big thing of his has been paying your own and keeping your own. So I don't think Brady Smith's going anywhere. He's not going to break the bank, and Bowers is going to find a way to make it work and have the team still be cap-friendly. Yeah, I agree. Um He's like, like you said, he's he's a big fan of of, um, of keeping our own and doing what's best for the team. And we even saw this offseason with Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes could have went anywhere else and wanted big money, but we resigned him on a bargain deal, which ultimately helped the team uh, with with cash base and everything. Um, obviously, like we see a lot of we see a lot of teams right now just out here cutting like long tenured players on their on their squads just because of uh, cap casualties. Like uh, a few days ago, I think the latest one I've seen was Dave DeCrat- uh, DeCastro for the for the Steelers. He got cut because uh, because mainly of his age, but um, they also saved a ton of money um, um, in in their caps. And then they went ahead and signed another guard um, for cheaper, but that's not the way the Colts do things. Like a bunch of the, uh, players this offseason were getting cut for for cap space reasons, and and that's just not going to happen um, with, with, with the Colts. So I'm just I'm just excited to see um, Brandon Smith get paid and see and see how how a deal gets done. Yeah, you know, def- definitely with that. Obviously, it's not a thing we've seen. Again, mention the fact that Ballard Reich has preached. Locker room cohesion, high character. It, it really, as fans, it, it's nothing we ever have to worry about. And they, they've been really good at sticking to the word as we saw this past offseason, you know, because T.Y. Hilton was potentially almost on the way out, and they found a way to get it done. So they, they clearly have put their money where their mouth is when it comes to paying your own and keeping your own. But so with that, before we do end off the show, let's kind of jump, I guess, to the last topic. So speaking of rumors and players linked to the Colts another one has been Stephen Gilmore who for whatever reason but who knows maybe speculations the Patriots have been essentially shopping him around so he has been linked to the Colts I've also heard rumors of Richard Sherman also being linked to the Colts but so Anthony I'll go with you because it's interesting how it's these corners I would say how confident do you feel about this cornerback room and you know whether it's a Richard Sherman or a Stevon Gilmore, anyone else? Do you think that they need to throw another body in that secondary room? Yeah, I think. Oh man, the the 
corner room, it's just a, a toss up to me. I'm I'm confident in it, but at the same time, I feel like we just need just one more guy. Um, Xavier Rhodes, love it. Kenny Moore, love it. Um, guys like Marvell Tell and Isaiah Rogers, love it. But Rock just kills me sometimes, man. And man, like it's especially dealing with teams. Um, with with two big receivers like uh, the the Titans what we were just talking about, I would love to see uh, a, a Richard Sherman on the outside uh, line up against AJ Brown and put and put let's just say Xavier Rhodes on on Julio Jones. I would love to see I'd love to see a veteran um, just lockdown corner, just one more of them on our on our team, um, just just to face these big time receiving cores. But on the, on the other hand. Rock is still here, and if we don't go out and get somebody else, it's just time for him to step up. It's time for him to elevate his play, or else he'll be out the door. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of agree with you on that. It feels like this cornerback room just needs one more guy. Not necessarily a bona fide number one guy, but it's like you just need another guy in there. But it's also funny when you were going through the, the Colts names in a secondary. There's one guy you left off, and that's TJ Carey. And it's funny that you did that because if you look at it statistically last season, he was actually our best corner. So it's funny how, you know, we always talk about Kenny Moore being the, being the forgotten man. It's funny how people will forget TJ Carey. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, he's this defensive player of the year, can anything like that. But he's a very good corner who slides under the radar and has fit tremendously in the scheme that we're running. Uh, so, so the guys in this room, obviously, you know, the top guys, Rhodes, Carey, Kenny Moe, those are your starters, you know, Rock, plenty of question marks, we, we haven't really seen that top draft pick, number one shutdown we were expecting, but Marvel Tell coming back after sitting out last season, you know, and, and that's been the guy who has made the most strides since coming to the Colts, obviously was drafted as a safety, Day one was transitioned to play corner, and that has been the one guy that this coaching staff has has talked up and praised about his transition, transition to the position and how he's just been succeeding and been growing. That might be the guy to, as you know, as these veterans, because again, TJ carries Xavier Rhodes up there in age. Marvel Tell might be the guy who surprises us all and ends up being working himself up to the number one job. I'm not saying he's going to take it right now, but I'm saying in years to come, that might be our number one guy. So that's a name to keep out for. But yeah, I, I agree with you, though. As we're just sounded like it, it feels like the secondary needs just another body in there. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I just feel like there's got to be just like one more guy. And, um, Carey's a name that I didn't mention. He played great last year, you know. Um, but but like you said, there's just got to be one more guy for me, and there's still names left on the market along with um, a, a guy who could maybe we could trade for like Gilmore. So uh, I, I really do feel like the secondary is a strength on this team, though. Although although it still needs one more piece, I I, I do feel like the it's still a, a a really good strength on our on our defense um it's just like a very complete defense and even though we're still missing a guy i i just feel like it's a it's a it's still a great group and we can line up with anybody um and and our guys shown that that they can bounce back and really just go ahead and and um 
and face adversity and and make plays. Like I remember in the, in the game against the Raiders um, before the big pick over Darren Waller, I remember Moore was playing terrible. Our guy Kenny, he was he was not having a good game at all. He gave up a touchdown, but then that he came back and made the big play. Um, and I I just feel like the the cornerbacks we have are great. Just one more would be even better. Yeah, you know, I, I can agree with all of that. But as for now, we're going to table that for now. Save it for another episode because we go on and on. First and foremost, thank all of you fans tuning in and listening. As of recording, we are currently 74 days away from kickoff. Week one is coming. Lucas Oil Stadium, the Colts beat, will be coming to you live from Lucas Oil. Be sure that you are giving us a follow at Twitter, at SIA Colts Beat. To say with everything Colts Beat related, Say It Again Network related, Colts related, football related, NFL related. Stay tuned for details about us coming live. We look forward to potentially interacting and mingling with all of you. It's going to be a sight to see. If you're not already, also give a follow to our network, the Say It Again Network. Shout out to them. Shout out to our partners at Manscaped. Again, promo code Say It Again. Save 20% on any and all your offers with free shipping. And of course, as always, on behalf of myself, Anthony, everyone at the Colts Beat, everyone at the Say It Again Network, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for listening. As always, go Colts, and that is Colts Beat out. Searching for the loan that's right for your life or your business? The Bank of Clark County offers personal auto financing, personal loans and business lines of credit, mortgages and business real estate loans, home equity loans, personal and business construction loans, and more. Whether you're looking to upgrade your life or your business, the Bank of Clark County has the loan that fits. Visit your local Bank of Clark County branch or go to bankofclark.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. When it comes to convenient and customizable control, Corteva AgriScience's proven cereal herbicides hit the bullseye. To find which cereal herbicide hits the mark for you, visit cerealherbicides.corteva.us. Hey, that one almost hit me!